Hello, and welcome to Regrets I've Had a Few. I'm Paul Hunter, Artistic Director of Told by an Idiot, and this is a podcast where I talk to friends and colleagues delving into what made them the person they are today. Um, hello, um, my first guests of 2022 are pioneers of theatre. Over the past 46 years, they have supported the experimental, the unusual, the entertaining, the provocative. They've also uh, supported emerging British companies, of which Told by an Idiot were one some time ago. And I think it's fair to say that they have in some ways, many ways, changed the face of British theatre. The directors of the London International Mind Festival, Ellen Lanigan and Joseph Siegel. Ceiling, <laughs> welcome. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> off to a flying start. Get your name right. Welcome both. Now I think I've got Helen coming in from Brighton, and Joseph, you're in Wilsdon Green, I believe. Wilsdon Green, yes. Don't need, no need to tell everybody that. <laughs> Sorry, I, so, right. I've got. I'll, I'll do that again. I've got Joseph coming in from Monte Carlo. <laughs> That's and, it. Uh, and, <laughs> no, no, look, we've been up and coming here since yes. <laughs> about 1850. And, uh, well, you know, it's we're nearly there. Well, I, I think it's true. I think that you're, you're... I can't think, actually, I was thinking about this, of, and maybe there are some examples that someone will tweet us about, but I can't think of t- many other partnerships in theatre that have not only had the longevity that you have, but have continued to kind of keep developing rather than just rehashing the same old thing. So I'm going to take you both back uh, a a while ago to your first theatre experience, what you first saw on a stage and what you recall of it. Helen, what was your first theatre-going experience? Oh, crikey. Uh, I remember coming... um, So I had this strange upbringing. I grew up in a children's home, which my parents ran, but we used to go to see, be taken to see theatre things. So I remember going as a group outing um, to the, I'm not sure, I think maybe the Hippodrome Brighton to see a pantomime in which there was an extremely scary green rat. And every time the green rat character came on, there was a green spotlight and I had to hide behind the seat. Ah. So that was my first experience. <laughs> Joseph, what about your first experience? Well, look, before my first experience, um, I wanted to just thank you very much indeed for your extremely generous introduction um yes i too grew up in a children's home but there were only two of us my (laughs) my sister and i it was it was tough my parents ran that one too um and i'm not sure if it was my first theater experience but the first theater experience i had that i actually remember um was at the birmingham rep because uh as you know i come from i come from birmingham i'm I was going to say I'm proud of it. It's just an accident of birth, isn't it? But anyway, it's a very nice place. And um, it was Henry V, and Henry V was played by Albert Finney. Wow! Yes, indeed, Albert Finney. And um, I don't know why, but my mother and I, for twas she who took me, was sitting in the front row, and um, Albert, or, or Hal, as he was known in the play, um, he kind of came off stage and uh, ran across the, well, not run across, but ran in front of the front row. And um, I had my legs sticking out, but thank God uh, I wasn't very old. My legs weren't very long, but had they been any longer, he would have, um, he would have gone flying, sprawling over them. But it was the most exciting, wonderful thing, and I'll never forget it, even though I can't remember it very well. 
Well, it's it's interesting because as a fellow uh, Brummie, as you know, my mm. I think one of my earliest would have been at the Birmingham Hippodrome, where this ties into you, Helen. Yeah. When I was taken to see uh, Danny Larue in a pantomime, and uh, I'd never seen anything quite like it. This kind of outrageous persona, m- much of which I didn't understand, but my dad found very amusing. Um, and I think that kind of early exposure to variety has kind of remained with me in many ways uh, in, uh, in, in our work. But if that's what your first experience uh, uh, of theatre was, how did you both get into showbiz? Joseph, what, how did you get started? Well, I was just thinking what you were thinking about variety. And I also remember, actually, I was very little because I went with, I think she was the au pair girl. I don't know why we... I mean, why did we have an au pair girl when I was 11? I don't know. But anyway, we went to the, it's long gone, the Windsor Theatre Bearwood to see, um, it was a variety bill. I remember Nancy Whiskey with Chaz McDevitt and the somebody else and the Vipers. <laughs> anyway, how did I get into it? Um, I, uh, I, was, I was keen. I was a keen amateur thespian. There was this great place in... Uh, in Birmingham called the Midlands Arts Centre, which had only yeah. recently opened. Uh, it, this was in the sort of early-ish 1960s. And I joined it and I was in several plays there and I thought I was pretty good. Um, <laughs> the second play I was in, uh, in fact, I had my doubts about how good I was in that. Um, it was directed by none other than Mike Lee. I think it was his first ever. Wow. Yes. It was his first ever job, and um, it, in his, I mean, this is a bit conceited now, but you know how it is. When people you know write their autobiographies, you rush off to the bookshop to see if you're in the index. And if you are, you buy it um, on Amazon, and if you're not, you don't. Um, and Mike Lee has directed only about five plays, I think, yeah. six plays, that he didn't write or devise. And this was Endgame by Samuel Beckett, which he didn't devise or, uh, or write. Um, uh, so he, he, uh, he actually mentions me by name in his, uh, thank you very much indeed, Mike Lee. Anyway, um, that was great. Uh, and um, Who did you off. play, Joseph? I played Ham, or was it Clov? I don't know. It was one or other. It's the place in the wheelchair. Yeah. In the chair, yes, yeah. yes. Um, you know, I still don't really understand what it was all about, but but that's not Mike Lee's fault, that was mine. Anyway, as I said, um, yeah, I thought I was quite uh, talented. Um, so but, it was yeah. acting that you initially pursued? It, absolutely, absolutely. And indeed, I, when I left school, um, I went to uh, the local drama school, and uh, I still thought I was pretty good. Um, and uh, I did quite a bit of work when I left, but mostly it was radio work. Uh, and I remember, well, the, the, the first piece of theatre that I was involved in after drama school was a production of The Bells, which was directed by the late Marius Goring. And um, I was late for the first rehearsal. This was in Leeds. I was late for the first rehearsal. And uh, he told me to go away and not come back until I got a watch, because I didn't have a watch. Um, 
And I bought a watch. I bought a watch for three pounds ten from a the near the first place I came to was actually a pawn shop. And it's a very beautiful watch, and I've still got it. And I'm very grateful to him uh, for being the reason that I have this watch. Although I'm not particularly grateful to him for the production of the bells, which was well, a, mem a memorable failure. But no well, I, I'm I'm going to imagine the, that production of the bells, if that's all right, Joseph. And I'm going to come to you, Helen. What Ooh. was your uh, first entree into theatre my first entree i well i was in our the the um lewis youth theater which is where yeah. i went to um, secondary school uh, and from there i applied the big thing was to get into the national youth theater that was the big hope um, and i did indeed get into the national youth theater as a stage manager um i did act at school as well um but uh, always felt always felt a bit happier behind the scenes rather than yeah. uh, on the stage um and yeah from the national youth theater um i then spent a few misspent years in the book trade in london um but really my first love was theater so i did uh, a degree as you do in history of the far east and uh, wow. at soas so um yeah that was slightly strange but while i was there my then boyfriend was doing mime classes and he was in the same class with the chat as a chap called john moat and um we said god this guy is really good we'd really love to do to get his london premiere going um so we looked for a theater and we found the place theater was which was at that stage a private theater um and i used my university grant check to hire the place theatre to put on John's premiere. And the main thing that we wanted was to be in the Mime Festival. This was about 1979, 1980. Uh, we wanted to be in the Mime Festival and we wanted to impress certain Joseph Seelig. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the place theatre, I think it had about 200 seats at the time. So we sold out, there was a queue around the block. This is long before social media and all that kind of networking. This, you know, John was the most incredible original uh, sort of networker. So we turned people away. Joseph came and was amazed and booked us for the Mime Festival. And I got my grant back. So <laughs> all was well. Wow. Yes. So that, that, that preempts my next question. So that is when you first met, when you invited Joseph to the show. Well, I think uh, we, I invited him. I already kind of knew him because I, had, well, I knew him from afar. He was um, a cigar-smoking figure he used to prop up <laughs> prop up the bar in the uh, in the, the cockpit theater's bar um because i was a, a fan of the mime festival but of course you know one didn't speak to the great joseph selig he was sort of you know someone that we were all slightly nervous of um and yes in later years of course nobody speaks nobody speaks to me now but that's for other reasons yes well, Luke, joseph <laughs> what joseph what's your memory of that first meeting with helen um, well, I was very impressed. I, what I remember um, first about Helen uh, was that she had a, what were they called, a mullet or something? Well, that, I, think, I, think style used, of hair. I think you called me raccoon head. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. But look, the, the, point, the point is I turned up, didn't I? You I did. turned up did. and I saw this old relic, John, well, he wasn't then. John Mowat, and he was very good. He was very good, and uh, yes, and uh, well, I was I was impressed as I have been, you know, thirty eight years later, or <laughs> however long it is. Um, well, but... uh, we'll we'll come more to your relationship, obviously, because you are a double <laughs> act, a double act. But um, 
I can really relate to what you just said, Helen, because I remember before Tolbert Idiot started, so 26, seven years ago, Haley and I and some pals trying desperately to get into the, in the Mind Festival and making a, a, a kind of clown, I wouldn't call it a show, there was only about 10 minutes of it, a clown sketch uh, about Salvador Dali and Garcia Lorca. And I think I must have written a handwritten letter to Joseph <laughs> uh, inviting him to Trent Park, one of the studios that we'd managed to borrow mm. from our old university. And to our utter amazement, you turned up. Now, mm. obviously, you turned us down. We weren't in the <laughs> <laughs> But I still think the big thing was you actually turned up. So, Well, there yeah. t- look, two things there. First of all, I'm delighted that it, it's, it, it wasn't... The Mind Festival wasn't something anybody could just walk into, so that's good. And secondly, yes, I always tried to go to see things if I possibly could. I'm sure I, I'm sure I was deeply impressed, Paul. You, know, <laughs> you, you got this all wrong. Maybe it's a clerical error. Maybe I think I maybe misunderstood, Joseph. Yes. I'm sure it's a <laughs> yes, yes. The words over my dead body. So yes, I many think many different meanings. You know, and that letter from your solicitor, I'm sure, was just a misunderstanding. <laughs> Absolutely, I certainly never paid his bill. Yes. Now, you two, when did you properly start working together then on the festival? Well, Helen's story is that <laughs> Helen's, uh, I, I started this festival in nine, not this festival, I started the festival. It's called the Cockpit Festival of Mime and Visual Theatre. In the first year, it was 1977. And uh, I was working at the time at the said Cockpit Theatre. And um, I, I was doing it all on my own everything. I mean, listen, life was simpler then, but I did everything on my own. Um, but I was getting very, very tired of it. And I think I was, so Helen tells me, um, I was about to throw it up or throw it in. Sorry, not, yeah, throw, not it throw it up. up no. No, no. <laughs> throw, the, throw in the towel. And I must have mentioned this to um, somebody called David Glass, who you probably know. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, oh, you ought to go and see Helen Lanigan. She's talented. She's good. She's this, that and the other. Well, he didn't say she's this, that, and the other. He said she's talented and, and very good. Um, and we had a meeting. And I, uh, well, I knew Helen already, didn't I? Because Helen had founded, had set up something called Mime Action Group. <laughs> yes, of course. Mime, yes, yes. Oh, Mime Action Group was set up entirely to make my life miserable. Sorry, Joe. Uh, because because um, we brought, our festival uh, brought in work from, overseas as well as uh, from from England but uh, Helen was very concerned that we didn't have enough British work and she was in fact making my life quite miserable really um, <laughs> lobbying for this and you know was it I think it's Lyndon Johnson who went on about better to have somebody inside the tent pissing out than inside you know outside pissing in and um, it seemed to me that you know I could make my life a lot easier um, by not having Helen sort of you know, attacking me all the time with this mime action group. And also because she seemed to me to be an extremely competent and capable and, you know, pleasant person that I got on with. So uh, I asked her if she would help me with the festival. And she agreed that she would. She asked an awful lot of money, I have to say. I beg your pardon? I know. I know. Given given what I myself was earning, it seems to me outrageous. But anyway... 
Sorry, I'll just, I'll just re- get my violin. Hang on a sec. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was worth it this, then, and we it don't, has been worth Joseph, it ever since. Joseph, we don't dwell on matters of commerce on this no. platform, I assure you. Oh, excellent. It's excellent. all about the art. Helen, so yes. that first festival, yeah. what, how was it for you? It must have been quite an uh, exciting thing, wasn't it, to be part of running <laughs> and organising this? Well, yes, yeah. I mean, it was 19, so it was 1986 was that when Joe asked me to come and start working with him. Um, and so, yes, sort of see how it was all done from the inside. This is all very exciting, working on the international front, um, and of course, Joseph, <clears throat> he was running this rather glamorous outfit because um, he was also uh, an artist manager. He, he ran an artist management company. So there were all sorts of exciting things going on. They had things like a telex machine. Whoever remembers them? Um, wow. And yes, very exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah, to work on the international front as well as. The British stuff suddenly you, it all takes on a rather different balance, uh, and get, getting to travel, I love to travel, you know. So suddenly making these uh, visits to see things, to try and find new work for the festival, yeah, it was great, very exciting. Um, on the subject of the festival, now yes, you don't need to name any names or any individuals <laughs> or companies, but uh, oh, I wonder if either of you have ever regretted booking anything oh. for the festival how long have you if it's one of if it's one of my shows yes. we can end the podcast here i can assure you no no not yours. Uh, well helen after you oh all right oh, all right all right no in fact i think it was in that very first year wasn't it no we went to see i think did we go to even America or somewhere? Where, oh, where don't. We saw... well, there were ironing, okay, there were ironing right. boards involved. Yes. All right, I will. Yes. Um... <laughs> yeah, we can't name names, but that was... No, no. no. When, you, when you said your first festival and how did you feel about it, that was the show that sprang to my mind, and I thought, I can't say that. I can't right. say okay, that. Okay, well, we'll, just... we'll... Yeah. You can gloss anyway. over that. The yeah, we'll gloss will... over that, yeah. But the wonderful okay. thing is, yes. you've conjured up something brilliant with the phrase "ironing boards" were involved. Yes. So, yes. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if I, uh, yeah. If it was that. but honestly, out of several hundred shows over the years, nearly eight hundred. Been... Yeah. Is it? How yeah. many? Nearly eight hundred. Wow. Good God, good God! Because there are about half a dozen that I think we would regret having booked, but there's a very good reason in each case why we did book them. Yeah, um, but that's about it for the. Yeah. That is a very satisfying kind of strike rate, isn't it? To, re- to reflect on. Yeah, I, You've also um, over the years you've seen, as I mentioned in the introduction, a lot of emerging young British artists and companies. Is there anybody or any company in the last couple of years, or this indeed this festival coming up, British uh, that you would? Uh, recommend or that you see having a kind of longevity or future? Helen? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think the Pappy Show, Kane Husband's yeah. the Pappy Show, I think they're absolutely yeah. ones to watch. Um, they've been going just a few years now, but, but they really have got momentum now. And I think, you know, considering where, you know, we are now, particularly with Let's Create and the new 10-year strategy for the Arts Council, uh, I think that they are right 
on the money, you know, in terms of what the, the sort of work that they're doing, the artists that they're working with. Um, so I think that they're terrific. Um, Barely Methodical Troupe, obviously, they've been around a little bit, but, you know, I think that they're still ones to watch and they are working on larger scale stages now. So, yeah, I think yeah, they're, they're good. Joe? Well, um... I agree with all that, um, but we also have great hopes for um, uh, a, a very interesting young man from Scotland. Um, Sadiq, Sadiq Ali. Yeah, 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 Sadiq Ali, I, Helen. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's always good to have a double act. So tell me about Sadiq Ali. So Sadiq, um, his speciality is um, Chinese pole. But he um, has uh, comes from a, a queer aesthetic using Chinese pole, and uh, really talking about a, a very um, difficult subject matter, which is being a gay Muslim man. Oh. Um, it's really hard. But so this is one of the shows where you know circus arts, physical theatre is being used to tell to tackle quite serious topics, because I think yeah, there yeah. was a moment many years ago where if you looked through the festival programme, it did seem to be a lot of clown. And I think yeah. as years have gone by, I think, you know, it's been a, become apparent that, you know, this is absolutely a medium that can tackle serious uh, topics. Um, and that's evidenced by quite a lot of the shows in the festival this year. And also, it's very, that sounds amazing. Where's he playing? Where's his show? His, his show is going to be at Jackson's Lane, and it's actually the very last weekend of the festival, okay. so the 4th, 5th and 6th of February. But it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, two things, when I, well, many things, but two things are in my mind when I think about the, your festival, is I think what people maybe don't appreciate who are slightly younger, is that <laughs> your festival for a lot of my generation was the only opportunity to see international work. You know, it was before the Barbican were bringing over a lot of international stuff. So it was a chance for people to see stuff they'd never heard of, or unless you were touring abroad and you met them on the international touring circuit. Um, and I, I wonder as well whether things also go in trends or fashions. Like you say, Helen, you sometimes have a lot of clown emerging. And then maybe that shifts as the world shifts a bit as well. Um, uh, and, and we see slightly different forms emerging. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I think that's right. I think certainly circus theatre has, has been a sort of growing part of our festival. Um, and, you know, we you know, each, each festival, we try to make sure that there's a sort of a balance between things that are sort of animational, puppetry, visual theatre, mime, a bit of mask. You know, we try to work across those kind of disciplines within, you know, under the umbrella uh, and try to make sure that there's not too much of any one particular discipline. Yeah. Um, but certainly the circus theatre artists, you know, particularly the ones who come from France, um, really have, you know, wonderful skills, stories, direction, uh, production values. <clears throat> it's tremendous, yeah. yeah. And it, uh, I was thinking if you were both to be sitting on your desert island and you could take one, uh, one show that you have programmed across the years to watch repeatedly on your desert island, what it would be. For me, it would probably be the right size show Moose. Uh, yeah. which is yeah. still one of the most entertaining evenings 
I've had with other people in the same room watching a group of other people. So is there one, if you could only take one, what would it be? Joseph. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I'll say A Minute Too Late by Complicité, or Théâtre de Complicité, as it was then. But really, uh, you know, I just... That's the first one that came to mind. Um, no, that's a great choice. No, that's a, and, and when did you have it in the festival? Oh, um, it was, I don't know, in the, in the mid-80s. I mean, literally in the year it was invented. And what's so extraordinary about that show is, uh, you know, it was so funny. It was so yeah. touching, yeah. tender, yeah. but funny, funny. I laughed myself silly and... I didn't realise until some time later, which just goes to show how sensitive and intelligent I am, that it was actually, you know, poor Simon McBurney was commemorating his father who had yeah. died in this. So anyway, but that was a brilliant show. But I think, um, I can't remember, uh, you can have eight records on your desert island. Yes. Um, so there are at least another seven, I would yes. add. That. But, uh, but yeah, it was something simply wonderful and I thought that it epitomised what I would like to or I would like to think the festival was which was something which highlighted British talent and international talent all in one and if I could just go back to something you were saying earlier when you were asking Helen about that yes when we started it wasn't one of the few festivals or the festival was one of the few opportunities where you could see international work really when it's you know, okay, 40 something years ago, it's it's not hundreds of years ago. It's amazing how little, how little non-British work you could see in the theatre. Yeah, it's true. Um, and now, yes, lots of uh, lots of brave theatres in London bring things from abroad, not so much in the in the regions, but actually nobody really seems to be bringing what we put together um, at all. I'm not quite sure why um but i think that's why the festival has survived as long or flourished as long as it has i can um, i totally agree i think yeah. it's absolutely you're absolutely spot on yeah. uh, helen your your show to take to your desert island my show well it's gonna have to be thomas kubernick um his solo show yeah uh which just i think he's just a genius um <laughs> he's just such a funny man and the material is so funny you know him and his even though Rolf Harris got there before, you know, the extra leg, that gag yep. and yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. flying around the stage and telling these little stories. Um, I, I just think he's magical and who's not going to take a clown when you... No, I also island. think... You've got to take the clown. Absolutely. And I think one thing, again, that the festival celebrates, I always feel, which maybe isn't always celebrated in, in, in more conventional British theatre, it celebrates the role of the performer. Mm. And we have a lot of work in Britain, nothing wrong with this, but celebrates the director or the writer. Whereas I think the festival still very much places the performer front and centre. And obviously for me and Haley and John, that was always what and remains what we're about as well as the, the notion of the performer. So I certainly thank you for supporting that over the years. And it sounds weird because performers are, are on stage, but weirdly they can get slightly sidelined sometimes. Don't get Hayley yep. Carmichael started on that. She's very, <laughs> very passionate about that. She's yeah. the only person who refuses to come on the podcast as well. It's quite good. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> we haven't we haven't fallen out, by the way, but it's it's no. quite. Um, I might do a version of the podcast where I interview Hayley again, a bit like I did with you, but I play Hayley as well. So <laughs> watch, watch this space. Um, 
It's been really lovely chatting, guys. I've got eight questions left, and they are quick fire questions okay. addressed to uh, each of you individually. And I want you to say the first response to this question. Joseph, you're up first. Jacques Tati's Monsieur Hulot's Holiday or Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush? Uh, Monsieur Hulot. Uh, Helen, juggling or puppetry? <gasps> puppetry. Joseph, Cadaquez or Biarritz? Cadaquez, no content. <laughs> Helen, Edith Piaf or Jacques Brel? Edith Piaf. Joseph, mushy peas or black pudding? Can I say neither? And I've never been to Biarritz either. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, Berlin or Barcelona? Barcelona. Joseph, Evelyn Waugh or P.G. Woodhouse? You and Helen, delicatessen or life is beautiful? Life is beautiful. Joseph, Helen, I will see you very soon at some of these brilliant events that you've planned. It's always great uh, having a laugh and uh, hopefully we can do that together in person very soon. But thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Thank Paul. You. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Take care. All Bye. the best. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed this idiot podcast, please spread the word.